Welcome to Beach Houses and Babies, a private practice recap podcast. I'm Jackson. And I'm Sam. On today's episode, we'll be chatting all about Private Practice Season 2, Episodes 1 and 2. Episode 1, A Family Thing, was written by Shonda Rhimes and Marty Noxon and directed by Mark Tinker. It aired on October 1, 2008 to an audience of 8.16 million viewers. Episode 2, Equal and Opposite, was written by Mark Ostrowski and directed by Tom Verica. It aired on October 8, 2008, to an audience of 7.4 million viewers. Enjoy! <laughs> we did it! We're on Yay! season 2! Oh my god, season 2. Can you believe? I can believe, because season 1 was so short. You know... In normal times, I could believe, but the way these past couple months have gone, you know, who knows? I know. So we, we get a new episode, a new season of Drag Race on the 1st of January. How is it that time of year already? That's the thing. Our last Drag Race began right before the pandemic started. Although it did have a, it started in, what, like February or March, not January. I don't know, but if we measure a year in Drag Race, we've made it. How do you measure a year? In drag queens, and margaritas, and nights crying on the couch. In eyelash glue. Um, but that was one of the last places that I went was to hardware with my friend Michael, who I think listens, although I often tell him to listen to other podcasts, and he says that he only listens to Cat and Pat. So he maybe – I'll tell him to listen to this one. Anyway, he, um, he was one of the last people that I saw. And that hardware was one of the last places that I went. And it was hosted by Rosé, who is in this new season. Huh, how exciting. I know, I'm excited. I'm very excited. The last time I went to a drag race night at a bar, it was hosted by Jan Sport the season before she was on Drag Race. Wow, we love it. Just Jan. Just Jan now. (laughs) I remember the old days. We were just youngins. I have a featured review... Ooh. From Ogoshi Moshi, which I believe is my Grey's Anatomy friend Jade, um, who I know from another Grey's Anatomy podcast that we talk about often, The Uncall Room. We're both patrons of that, and we became buddies, real-life friends. Oh, her title is What a Treat, five stars. And her review is, What better way to rewatch private practice than with Jackson and Sam? Listening to BHAB is like reminiscing with old friends. From Broadway cameos to late aughts fashion watch, this pod has a little something for everyone. Can't wait to deep dive this underrated Shondaland gem. Oh, that's so sweet. Thank you, Jade. Uh, Thank you. Oh, that was so nice. I knew she was listening. We weren't really like real life friends until after this podcast started. We would see each other on the Zooms and we would like chat. But then she followed me on Instagram because she found the podcast and I felt really famous. Shall we dive in? I think we better do it. All right. What's your first note, Sam? For episode one of season two. This isn't the first note that I wrote down, but it's the first note that my heart felt. I missed the old episode titles. Me too. That was a fun, a fun thing they had going on with Winnie the Pooh. I know. I want it to be, um, you know, in which Addison discovers a family thing or in which there is an equal and opposite. I don't know. That doesn't make sense. You know what I'm saying. I'm just nostalgic. I do. And you know what I th- the first thing on my heart was? What? I could have used a recap, Shonda. 
It's been almost a year since the season one finale ended. That, yeah, 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 yeah. That's what I was thinking too. It ended in November of 2007 and this didn't air until October 2008. It's been almost a year. The people need a recap. Anyway, my first real note is these handbags are hilarious, but the cakes look amazing. Yeah, my first thought uh, was that I love starting with this Oceanside Wellness advertisement. I always love it when the Grey's Anatomy universe experiments with interesting ways of storytelling. Um, I know Grey's Anatomy itself does it a lot in, I want to say, like, seasons six through eight. Um, yeah. Experimenting with form, whether yeah. it be the, the documentary episode. The documentary yeah the musical episode. Um, so I thought just this little piece of, of unique storytelling um, in this episode was fun. And it was a nice reminder of what each person does professionally. And then as we cut to what was going on in their lives between segments of the advertisements, remembering what they're up to. It almost served as a, a recap, but required you to do a little more work. Exactly. Exactly. I also like the gray background and the PowerPoint transitions where it goes like slide or it goes up. <laughs> I almost wanted like a like a zoom in and then like a wow wow wow. Do you know what I mean? Yes, yes. Also, Addison's hair is brown now? I didn't notice. Oh, I did cuz Addie's my girl. I feel like a lot of redheads are kind of like ride a fine line between the two colors. I feel that my my hair is much redder in the summer than it is in the winter. So, like, in the summer or even, like, early fall, sometimes my hair will, like, look legit red. But then in the winter, it gets almost black again, which is where we are now. <laughs> my other note is poor Dell trying to – not even just, like, him trying to talk to Naomi, but just him trying to make things better environmentally, talk to people. Because if you remember at the end of the last season – he wasn't there and people were like, there's something off. Something's different. Violet's like, my office smells bad. Naomi's cold. The little things that he does, nobody else really notices. Yeah, I know. But at the same time, I'm I'm still very frustrated with him from the end of last season. So I'm like, I get you. You are, you are only doing this because you're upset with how Naomi and Sam reacted to that. Yeah. You're not doing it for the good of the environment. And nobody's happy about Adele. Also, on this note, Naomi is ready for the pandemic. I'm avoiding being kissed, she said. She did. She's ready for 2020. She is. Do you not like him because of what happened with Naomi and that's just, like, taking over your thoughts of him? Or do you not like him as a character? I don't like his whole situation with Naomi. Okay, okay. But you can you still appreciate all the work he does for The Office? Or does that everything just cloud not it? Because right you now. think maybe, okay. I saw so much positive development in his character over the course of season one. Yeah. And that all came crashing down in the finale. I feel you. And he's not redeemed himself quite yet. I got you. I got you. I got you. Um, I hope that he does. I was also talking to our, our friend Jade, and she is really enjoying your reactions, I must say. Oh, good. <laughs> friend of the pod, Jade, I should say. Friend of the pod. <laughs> I feel like we should come up with names for them. Listeners, if you have ideas for what we should call you let us know um my last note before we start our patience is i love addison's metallic skirt in the first episode oh yeah that's cute yeah and i would wear it today i'm also very much like i don't wear skirts very much nowadays i will wear a dress if i have to wear not pants um or pants at all but um if i am going to wear a skirt it's going to be like a skirt like that and then a cami and a cardigan just as she has on 
Fabulous. Yeah. My last note before we dive into patience is that Sam's dog is back. I said, dang, all caps, all caps. Dang, the dog is back. How did this slip slip my mind? Well, he went a while without showing up. I know. I really don't remember. I remember seeing that dog in the pilot. He's like Harriet on Grey's Anatomy. Harriet? (laughs) I can't wait till Harriet talks. Shall we uh, we move on and introduce our patients for the day, Sam? I think we shall. Would you like to or should I do the honors? I'd like you to. It's your thing. So number one, we have the Madison family. Molly's the mother. Jason is the son. Molly is pregnant. And Jason has acute lymphoblastic leukemia. And then we have their daughter who has a premature birth. And then we have Dean Miller who has HIV and it is being kept from him. His status is being kept from him. I would like to open, I know we're going to do the Madison family first, but I really just got to say that Dean Miller is the name of Oak's character in Station 19. Wait, is it really? It really is. Prue's dad. I just call yeah. him Oak from Hamilton. <laughs> His character's name is Dean Miller. Wow. I had no idea. I knew it was Miller. Yeah, when I, I saw this that you put in the outline, I looked it up on IMDb and I was like, is this really this character's name? And is this really Oak's name? And I was like, yeah, it is. Wow. Interesting. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, also, I know we will talk about this in the next episode section of this, but Lisa Jacobs is in Scandal as well. And I'm going to blow your mind. She's Laurie Metcalf's daughter. In real life? Mm-hmm. What? No way. She plays. I love Laurie Metcalf. I know that people feel a certain way about Big Bang Theory and Young Sheldon, but I love those shows. I, I know that they're not like. I don't know what some people want to watch on television, but I love it. And I love Ian Armitage, who plays um, Sheldon ever since he was little Ian Loves Theater at like three years old, reviewing Sunday in the Park with George <laughs> from the Kennedy Center. And now he's this big star on Young Sheldon. But all this is to say, and this should be talked about in the next episode, but whatever. Lisa Jacobs is Zoe Perry, who is Laurie Metcalf's daughter. She plays Sheldon's mom. In Young Sheldon, Laurie Metcalf plays Sheldon's mom in Big Bang Theory. So mother and daughter play the same character. That's so cool. I had no idea. Yep, yep, yep. And she's also in Scandal, Zoe Perry. Okay, so Molly Molly and Eric. This is too much, Sam. That poor savior sibling I know. is going to have so much trauma if they live to adulthood. Yeah. So much trauma. Yeah. Emotional, m- mental, physical. Mm-hmm. Is it, didn't we just have a story like this on Private Practice? No, I feel like we might have on Grey's. So the one that I'm point. thinking of on Grey's is that, like, petite, short, blonde Bob, who was born to be a donor sibling for her sister, and her sister was, like, going insane, and Callie was helping her. Yeah. But I f- there is one on Private Practice. It was, like, two siblings, and there was only enough cord blood for one of them. Was not in season one. So don't talk about it because then I'll get spoilers. Also, this co-op system isn't working with this communication. No. There are many times that I think that Oceanside Wellness needs an HR department, but this is definitely one of them. They need to be able to talk about things and they're not. This, this is such a tough decision to make. If I were the doctor, I would not have approved a savior sibling to begin with. But now that we're in this situation, how do you choose? It is an impossible decision to navigate, both as a parent and as a physician. Mm -hmm. The brother dies or the baby's delivered three months premature when it's not ready. There's just 
no way for it to be a win. Three months. That's a long time. That's a third it, of the pregnancy. Yeah. It's it's viable. at either, It's either 26 or 28 weeks. I only know that because of Grey's Anatomy. Um, but you're it's close there. It's real close. Yeah, it is. And even then it's, you know, it's risky. Yeah. No matter what. No, it's not good. Um, when she breaks her own water and she's lying to Addison, when Addie goes in and says, I'm sick of lies, I love Addison. Forbes Montgomery Shepherd. I love her. In this episode, she is the way she communicates to that her anger to them, while like sure it's like a little intense for a struggling mother, it's what she needs to hear. Absolutely. She can, she's the one making the most rational decisions around this whole thing mm-hmm. and the fact that she's able to work through that and still be a top-notch miracle worker when the baby is born yeah. is amazing i was really impressed with her work and her attitude towards it all oh absolutely and i love to see her in surgery again me too it was fun i've now gotten really used to seeing everyone in masks but to see her in a mask again in her little purple scrub cap it made me so happy but i miss the salmon scrubs um when charlotte says um um dr montgomery where have you been all my medical life she was like i like you too charlotte and i was like oh i love both of you be my friends just kidding they're not real i i don't want to pass judgment on them but i feel like they should i don't want to ever say that somebody shouldn't have their children but i feel like they need to have some sort of family intervention like maybe part of their agreement for addison to do this would have family family therapy with violet or even just therapy for the parents of, like, desperate times call for desperate measures, but... I mean, they never should have been put in this situation to begin with. No, and because Naomi... Because not have been approved by Naomi. No, but the, when, she, when she describes it, it's like, yes, they're going to pay $80,000, but at the same time, other people will also pay to have fertility treatments. Yep. We're on the same page. Shall we move on to Dean? I think we should. See, now, are we talking about 14-year-old Dean Miller? Or the Dean Miller of the Seattle Fire Department. 14-year-old Dean Miller today. All right, all right, all right. My first note is, good for you, Cooper, preaching, you know, sexual health and making good choices to to Dean. And this, of course, is before we know anything. But, you know, so I'm just going, oh, he's being a really good doctor. Yeah. Making sure he's set up yeah. um, for a healthy sexual life. And then I said, now run back to Violet, Cooper. Run back to Violet. Do another good deed. <laughs> Do something else. Do something else. This poor kid needs to know about his health. Oh, yeah. That's, like, I understand that the parents are scared. I understand there's a lot of stigma around HIV. And even back then, in 2007, it was so much worse than it is now. And I feel like there's still a lot of stigma around it now. Yeah, especially. Even with all the advances that have been made in the past, past decade, they aren't doing what's best for their child. Withholding is what's worst for him. It's one thing if he's five years old. Right. He's 14. Yeah. I feel like that's an end of middle school, beginning of high school. You sit down, you talk about this in just like a medical way. Even if you hope he's not going to have sex that young, Mm -hmm. you just have got to prepare anyway. Yes. Just in case. Yes. And if one day he says like, oh, I'm not feeling so well, I feel weaker than normal. Something that. I don't know. I feel like once teenagehood comes and the kids start shutting down what they're going to tell people in all ways, that's when you make sure that they are able to be in charge of their own health. So does he not know, like, what he's taking medication for? I guess not. That's crazy. I I feel like 
maybe they say like, oh, these are your special vitamins or something, or this is to keep you strong. I don't know. Ugh, I, yeah. That's He's old enough place. to keep a secret if he wants to keep it. Right. But old enough that he needs to know. All of these people are in a lose-lose situation. Yep. Dean, his parents, Cooper, everyone. That girl. Do you have any more Dean Miller um, notes? I feel like we went on quite a tangent for Mr. Dean Miller, 14-year-old of L.A. I don't. Uh, shall we move on to Cooper, Violet, and Charlotte? Let's do it. What's your first note? Cooper, you are not blowing off a vacation with Violet, your true love for Charlotte. No way, dude. Stop. What are you doing? Okay. Poor Violet probably thinks that it's because of that naked night. I know. Because they... It's not, but she doesn't know that. Right. She has no reason to think that it's for anything except for that. Right, exactly. Yeah. Mm. Poor Violet. Poor Violet. I know. And I'm just amazed by people like Charlotte at this point. How do you have such a casual, secretive relationship and not feel the need to engage further? Um, And, you know, like Cooper said, though, She's pathologically allergic to human relationships. So I'm sure a lot of that not engaging further with him, even if it was to stay in secret at this point, is her her fear just overtaking her there. Um, yeah. And I'm excited to see her chip away at that and, and become, dare I say it, uh, become closer to Cooper. I okay. still want him to end up with Violet. But I'm excited to see what, what happens in this relationship first. Okay. Okay. While we're on this, is there anything that could make you change your mind about that? No. I'm a Violet stan. Maybe, maybe if a wonderful, wonderful man walked into Violet's life. Okay, that's what I was meaning. If they were mutually with other people. Right, because I can tell Charlotte's going to have a lot of growth and character development. Because I told you or because of other things? Because literally everyone who has ever watched Private Practice has told me that she's their favorite (laughs) character. Okay. So clearly she's going to like have, you know some wonderful development and I will fall in love with her I'm sure oh yeah but I don't want it to be at Violet's expense okay okay I feel you I feel you so you want Violet to have her own adventures as well correct okay and here dear listeners whether you have watched or not watched I am not saying that they do not end up together I'm just trying to get inside the jukebox of Jackson now speaking of Violet oh it broke my heart when she said he used to need me and now I need him I know I feel I just feel so bad for her in this whole situation. The secret know. being kept from her. That lice scene was so cute. It was. That's a very weird sentence that maybe should never come out of a human's mouth. But since we know what I'm talking about. It's a medical show. Yeah. In the beginning, when Charlotte gives him that ultimatum, like I love her a lot. But if she gives an ultimatum, she has to accept the consequences of that ultimatum. And she does not. My last note on this little section is... When Charlotte says to Violet about, you know, traveling, she goes, I could touch monkeys. And that's how Violet finds out. What a beautiful beat of acting work from both of them, specifically from Amy Brenneman. Agreed. Beautiful. All right. Shall we move on to Naomi and Sam and the practice's financial troubles? Yeah. What's your first note? My first note here. The practice is in trouble. Poor Naomi. (laughs) Poor Naomi has so much stress right now between the practice's financial problems and then that Sam and Dell triangle. No wonder the practice is falling apart. 
Is it private that the practice is in trouble? At this point, Get it? yes. Private practice. <laughs> like my dolphin laugh. Yes. When Addison says to Dell about Naomi, when Dell's like, "Do you have time now?" Addie goes, "No, she does not." <laughs> I said, "That's very me. That's very something that I would do." But at the same time, Dell's environmental concerns are very valid. Offices use so much stuff, and it's so difficult to cut down on things, especially if people have gotten used to the way the things run. Yep. But especially in L.A. or any coastal city that is seeing the effects of climate change in the way that they are and everywhere is, Dell is not wrong. Nope, not at all. Although, although we do see that it is not strictly for environmental reasons. Now, speaking of Dell, Sam, I did not see that resignation coming. Honestly, I think it's best for the office. Mm-hmm. If he's that hung up on Naomi, he can't do his job well after that kiss. They need somebody else. True. I know he's coming back because he's a series regular, mm-hmm. but like, good to have a little pause. I think it's necessary. In the Jackson's jukebox, I can also wait until the end, but do you think, I know you said you know that Dell is coming back. Do you think that he's going to come back in an office way, in a medical way, in a romantic way? How do you think he's going to come back? I think because it is a 22-episode season and we're only two episodes in, I think he's going to come back as an employee. Grey's Anatomy doesn't do doesn't do series regulars that don't work there. Denny Duquette was not a series regular. No. Finn? Finn was not a series regular. McVeigh? Adele no. was not a series regular as much as I wish she would have been. Richard! <laughs> Even Debbie Allen's not a series regular. Yeah, but she's a producer and a director and she, like, runs she's that busy. place, so... Yeah. <laughs> she runs the world. Debbie Allen's Dolly Parton's Christmas on the Square. Oh, gosh. Dear listeners, if you have not seen Christmas on the Square, I highly suggest it. Christmas on the Square changed my life, I dare say. It is lit. It is lit. I have never seen Christine Baranski in a Christmas film and not enjoyed it. I don't think Just it's saying. possible. Yeah. She's in the best ones. Anyway, oh, yeah. moving on. Oy. When... Addie says to Sam about Naomi, she says she's just tired. And I was like, tired of what, Addie? Tired of not communicating? Tired of having the whole world on her shoulders? Tired of, I don't know, not communicating? Like, she can't communicate worth her life? No one in this this practice can communicate, especially Violet. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Especially Violet. Yeah. Poor Naomi. When she says, I loved the moment when she shows up at Sam's door and says, I just need something to work. Yeah. I loved that moment of vulnerability, and I've been waiting for this. Sure, they've shown they have major issues, but they've also shown us throughout the first season that there are moments where they make a really great team. Yeah. And I'm excited to see see how that goes. But at the same time, you know, a few minutes later, we turn around and see Sam handle the whole practice financial situation really poorly. Oh, yeah. Was it was it necessary to intervene? 100%. Mm-hmm. But was it necessary to humiliate Naomi in front of the entire staff? No. Absolutely not. Yeah, absolutely that not. That was not okay, Sam. No. It, Addie going to Sam is the right thing to do, but also, like, maybe do it with a little bit more grace. Like, she closed the blinds so dramatically, and then Sam turns around and... Yeah, he humiliates her in front of the entire office. No, just to do that to do that to Audra is just so rude. Yeah, of all Audra people. Audra deserves the world. Ugh. I also feel like Sam's house is a different house. I feel like when we've seen his in the inside of his house before, it was not this. 
I know that this is what it is going forward because thinking about what I know happens in the future, like in this house and internal whatever, not that you just, I don't want you thinking anything really dramatic happens just knowing what his house looks like. Yeah. This I is, can't remember that far back. Yeah. I think we've only seen his bedroom when he was like getting ready and when the dog was eating his pillows. I don't remember that. <laughs> It's been a rough, a rough time here at BHAB Podcast, listeners. It's been a rough, a rough world, a rough I year, just I believe, for all of us. after I watch them, Sam. I watch things, and I enjoy it, and then I let it go. Yeah. Absolutely. Do you have anything else for episode one? Um, oh, I would be really grateful for a $100 bonus. How much are they usually getting? I mean, I guess enough to go to some country in Africa to touch monkeys. Yeah, a lot of money. I would be so grateful for $100 as bonus. Remember when Derek and them teamed up to pay for a clinical trial with their bonuses? That's what doctors make as bonuses, Sam. If only I was good at science. Hasn't Christopher been to Addison's house before? Christopher meaning Kevin the SWAT guy. I think he has. I thought so too. Um, Maybe not, but I really thought so. Maybe it's because she went to his work. We're thinking that. Maybe. I don't but know. I, I really thought that he had been there before. Me too. Okay, I'm glad I'm not alone in that. Um, the metallic trench coat that Addie had on at the end almost got my vote for Sam style. It was a very close call. The buttons and the buttonholes were so funny. I loved it. Anyway, that's all I have for episode one. Do you have anything for episode two? Why are Sam and Addison surprised that Naomi is hanging up on them? Of course she is. Yeah, mine is similar to that. It's doesn't Naomi have caller ID? You'd think so. Because she's answering on a cell phone, right? Not her home phone. No, I think they're all answering on landlines. Maybe she doesn't. Maybe it's just an expense she decided to go without. Maybe. My first note, actually, that I my, it didn't pop out at me, but it says the landlines. Ha ha ha. <laughs> <laughs> oh, remember landlines. I do. I do. I feel like most of the... Like, the kids that I babysit and the kids that I teach for in the city, they just think that their landline phone, they don't know it as a landline. They know it as the phone that their doorman calls up on. Yeah. <laughs> so funny. Say, oh, that's the doorman phone. I mean, it is, though, because it's not connected to an outside line. Most of the time, yeah, but most of the time. Um, do you have any notes before we go into our people and our patients? So, before we dive into patient, Sam, I want to talk a little bit about the overarching theme of the episode, business versus values. Mm -hmm. It's such an interesting thing to look at because obviously you've got to find a balance there. You can't build a business without having any values behind it. But if you're 100% value driven and you're not bringing in money, you don't have a business, right? And in this episode, we see Violet um, being too far in value of values and we see Sam too far in value of money. Um, so it's an interesting interesting thing to look at. That neither of them seem to understand the balance here. Violet, you cannot be patient-centered if you aren't making enough money to keep the practice open. There's a way to find the personal within the profit. You, Violet, are sounding like people who go into show business thinking they can build a career on only making high art. It's I simply be not famous. possible. It's simply not possible. No. And you can find art within something that generates a huge profit. Look at look at Wicked. Wicked is a huge moneymaker, but you see some 
genuinely wonderful art within this blockbuster, mm-hmm. right? And they can find those patient values within a business that actually brings in money, yeah, allowing them to have jobs and keep delivering that patient value. Mm-hmm. But if we're playing devil's advocate, which is something that I've been very worried about since the pandemic, what Violet is more worried about is not, I mean, yes, she's worried about the quality of the work, i.e. the Defying Gravity riff, but the cheapest ticket in that seat, in this in that house, is still over $100. At the core of it, Violet is worried about, like she says, um, we used to give them steak, now we're giving them hamburger. And People like, like hamburger. They do like hamburger, but at the same time, you can give steak. Violet wants to give steak. This isn't making any sense. Let me know if this is making sense. Violet wants to give steak, but she's worried about everyone being able to have steak. Violet wants everyone to be able to have steak. Whereas, let's say at um, a food bank, it may be possible to get everybody hot dogs, to get everybody hamburgers, to get everybody a potato salad, right? It may not be possible to give every single person a ribeye and a baked potato with aioli. So there definitely is a balance, but you gotta... Yeah. You You can serve... You can be a practice that serves both hamburgers and steaks. Exactly. Exactly. And that's what neither of them are seeing. You could have the Denny Dickhead Sam's going full hamburger and Violet's going full steak. Yeah. And I'm going full Brussels sprout. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going impossible burger. (laughs) Shall Shall we move on to the patient, Sam? Brian and Lisa Jacobs. They don't quite have a diagnosis, but we'll get into why they're at the practice. Let's just say they want to have a child. And are having issues. Let's say that. And Kirk Jensen, who has bronchiolitis obliterans. Shall we dive into Brian and Lisa? When they came in, I was immediately put off by them. That whole junior high romance. Do you know how rare it is to find a best friend? Like, it's sweet, but it also, like, you know, like, cringy rom-com-y. So it was like, ugh. But I get, like, again, I guess it's sweet. But I was not on their side at first. The boy was giving me, um, and I call him a boy because he's acting like a boy. Um, the boy was giving me George vibes. Really? Yeah. I think it was the huh. haircut. Maybe. Yeah. My first note is, yay, Zoe Perry. <laughs> and then huh. all the things that we have talked about. Um, yeah. I saw it in her eyes first, and I was like, I think that's Sheldon's mom. And it is. I know she's been in, like, a million other things. I'm pretty sure she's been in an episode of Grey's or two. But um, she's been in many things that I like. But I always like when they're in more than one Shonda show, i.e. she was in Scandal, so it means that they're great to work with. And I just, I really like her. I think she does great work. They do look a lot alike. I guess, yeah. But I still did not see the plot twist coming. Did you see the plot twist coming, Sam? I... I can't remember. You've seen it before. Yeah. The first time I saw it, I probably didn't because I, like, was too young and sheltered to think that this sort of thing could even happen. Yeah. <laughs> the first time I saw this. But what is that plot twist, Sam? Oh, okay. For our Turns listeners. out, yes, thank you, listeners. Also, dear listeners, please let us know if you, I'm so curious to know, if you watch the episodes before you listen to our recaps or if you, you know, listen because you love us. Which, of course, I'm sure all of you love us. Um, that was a joke. I'm really not like that. Or if you don't watch and you listen. I'm I'm just very curious to know. But turns out they're brother and sister. But they were not told this 
as far as we know. They do not know each other. It turns out that they both, they have the same biological father, but it came from a sperm bank and there wasn't any, they didn't know. Right. And they were not raised as siblings either. Yes, yes, exactly. Very important to know. Which makes it an interesting an interesting situation. Yeah. Again, Because with, it's not as if two people who were raised as siblings are trying to have a baby together. Yes, business, business versus values. Mm-hmm. But then we again get into that nurture versus nature, which comes up a lot in the show. It does. I, I feel like they should be able to adopt, especially in this instance. Yeah. I, my next note is it's wild to me that they would not let them adopt. Yeah. Um, because they're only siblings by science, not by nurture at all. Yeah. So I'm surprised that Addison was like, they will not let you adopt. And I, I get it from like a, I don't know if legal standpoint's the right way, but I understand why that is a thing. But again, there's an exception to every rule. And I feel like if there was ever an exception to this rule, this would be that. Um, but also, why isn't he getting a vasectomy? Why does she have to have this invasive procedure when it's so easy for him to have it? I did a little digging. Have you watched Game of Thrones? Nope. I did not think that that was a Jacksonian show. Anyway, no. um, if you are you ever going to watch Game of Thrones? No. Okay. If you, dear listeners, have not watched Game of Thrones and don't want to be spoiled about anything having to do with Game of Thrones, please fast forward about a minute. Okay. So there are two main characters, Cersei and Jamie Lannister, who I'm sure you've heard about. They're twins, um, and they're, they have three children together. <laughs> Being raised as someone else's children. So, like, Cersei is married to Robert Baratheon, but they're all her brother's children. Hmm. Interesting. And that was in 2011. Yeah. This is in 2008. So, I mean, incest as a topic wasn't in popular culture at all. Right? Maybe on, like, Dateline or My Strange Addiction or something like that. Right. But... I feel not that it's less taboo now at all, but I feel like it's less shocking on television because of Game of Thrones. So, yeah, that's really all I had to say. And going back to their relationship, I did think that um, Lisa's monologue about their love really is what turned turned my feelings on them from like icky, like too sweet romance to oh, like. She really, really does love him in an adult way. It felt almost like teenagers when we first met yeah, them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then as she comes through, Brian sees me. He knows me. He loves me. What a beautiful way to to speak about love. And that is what really got me on, on their side. Until, until, Sam, we find out that he knew and he kept it from her. When he said they have the same toes... I nearly vomited in my mouth. The same toes? Toes. You don't think that's gross? No. He he says something like, we're both allergic to grass. We both like this. We have the same toes. The same toes? I don't know what any I don't know what anyone's feet look like. I do. I know what my cat's feet look like. I barely know what my feet look like. I know what my feet look like. And if I saw toes that looked like them, I would know. I guess so. It's just weird. It's very weird. And he, he, no, I mean like him being weird, not the toes. Toes are fine. I don't want to, I don't want, I don't want to 
say anything having to do with toes anymore. But <laughs> the fact that he kept that from her, especially after Addison and Naomi were talking to Violet, saying they have no secrets, especially after that was explicitly said as a reason they were considering this, it made me hate him. Yeah, same. Really ended that plot line on a sour note. Truly sour, in my mouth, about to vomit into my coffee cup. Yes. Yeah. So, Sam, are you ready to move on to Kirk Jensen? I am. I am. It is so hard to watch a caretaker forcefully persuade the patient to fight when they are ready to stop. It reminded me so much of a later plot line on Grey's Anatomy with Maggie Pierce and her mother, Diane. Yeah. Um, It reminded me so much of that, but in reverse. Yeah. And, like, I get it. Like, it is hard to watch your child die. When he threatened Sam. Yeah. Ugh. Ugh. I did not like it. Um, My first note on this, though, is do all exam rooms have an intubation kit on hand? Sam just, like, took out that intubation kit, and I was like, okay. <laughs> I bet now they will. But, um, you know, in 2008, not so much. Yeah. But also, how incredibly painful, how incredibly painful must it be to take out your own intubation? Oh, my God. So painful. He was bleeding. Oh, my God. Yuck. Yeah. Oh, this poor kid. This poor Ugh. kid. Ugh. I really I really agreed with Pete as far as, like, patient-centered care here. Yeah. When, again, this whole episode, business versus values. Pete is advocating for hospice, which is what Kirk wants. Sure, he's a teenager, but he's been fighting for six years. He's 17. Yeah. He's, he knows he knows what he's saying when he says he's ready to stop fighting. Yeah. Um, yeah. Whereas Sam is going along with his father's the money. threats. He's following that trail. Yeah. Kirk looks a lot older than 17. I feel like usually they do a good job with when they have juvenile patients to have them be at least juveniles. But Kirk is definitely like 24. <laughs> it didn't bother me that much. Also, why is Cooper not involved in this case? Cooper's a pediatrician. He should be... Yeah, no, I know, you know. But he should be involved. I would think so, but I don't know. I'm sure there were specialists involved as well. Yeah. And maybe it just ended up falling into Sam's hands over time. Or maybe, maybe he was a patient there. He's been for six years. Maybe Cooper wasn't at the practice six years ago. True, true. And he's been Sam's patient the whole time. It's possible. Um, Just talking about direction for a minute, that single tear that goes down Kirk's face when he's being restrained and intubated, prime, prime television. Single tear. Mm, love. It's beautiful. I don't think I have anything else on Kirk. Do you? I just have one last note. After uh, Sam has decided to... Sam and Kirk's father have decided to honor Kirk's wishes. Seeing the dad help extubate Kirk right before he passes was really, really moving and quite beautiful. Yeah, it was like the, um, we'll, we're going to go to Mexico with that Tay-Sachs girl. Yeah. That was, that was a really um, inside the room <laughs> re- reference, but if anyone got it, I appreciate you. <laughs> yeah. Is that from Grays or from Private Practice? Grays. I thought so. The little tiny girl with Tay-Sachs when the dad Yeah, I remember it up. happening. I just couldn't remember who the doctor was or where. Bailey. Bailey. Mm-hmm. It was when Bailey was in Peds with Arizona. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I'm so sad. So let's move on to the Cooper-Charlotte-Violet triangle. Mm-hmm. I understand Charlotte not wanting to reveal their secret, 
But she knows. She's been around. She knows how close Cooper and Violet are. And she's got to know that this secret is putting a strain on them. It's not cute, Charlotte. At the same time, though, I don't think that Charlotte has a person right now. I don't either. So I don't think she understands. Like, later we'll come to find out that she's very close to her father and her family. But I don't think she understands, like, having to vent to a person. So I don't think she gets it. But still, she's got to understand that that relationship between those two is special. And and even if she's not ready to go public, she's got to understand that that that's an important important thing to tell for him to tell Violet. Even without a person of her own, I think she should understand that. But devil's advocate, first of all, she says they're all incestuous, so she knows that if Violet knows, everyone will know. And second of all, if she's strong enough to not have a person, why can't Cooper be strong like her? Looking at it through Charlotte's eyes. Good yeah. points. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I agree. Relationships should never be kept secret. And if they are a secret, think about why. Yes. Yeah. When Cooper says to Violet, when he snaps at her and he says, do we have to be joined at the hip? I got so mad. You don't have to be joined at the hip, but you need to communicate and do it with kindness. Mm-hmm. But Violet does not do well at all with change. So, nope. again, everyone is wrong. Also in this sequence, I love love Charlotte not tolerating that disrespect when Cooper cancels at the last mm-hmm, minute. Mm-hmm. Love she, that. She says, Good I won't her. be treated like I don't matter. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Of course, Cooper has a sidekick phone. Of course he does. Yes. Oh, Want to do some miscellaneous? Sure. Have you ever seen the Cheetah Girls? Yes. Okay, okay. I was going to say that I feel like that's another movie that you have not seen, but I am very proud of you that you oh, have. Oh, I'm a gay man. I know, In my 20s. When Violet says Cheetah Girls temp, I was like, oh my God, was that in 2008? Because I feel like it's been around forever. I also don't think that that's a line that would fly today. <laughs> Not at all. Um, nor should it. But um, it just made me nostalgic for that movie series that I love. Is this what normal temps act like? Because you and I aren't normal temps, but I also didn't think that it got this bad. Also, this new receptionist, I didn't know older guys could be so good. <laughs> Girl, come on. <laughs> They've got more experience than you. Of course they're good. It reminds me of that episode of Grey's, which I know everything reminds me of an episode of Grey's, but when there's that high school bus crash and the um, the little girl from the nanny is on it and her friend has the pencil to the eyeball, that episode, and Sloan, love of my life, I wish there was more Mark Sloan in everything, um, but when he thinks that the girls are checking him out because they think he's hot, but then they come over and it's like Chief is there and someone else is there. I also just recently watched this episode, um, but they say like oh we have something to tell you and he thought it was going to be like oh we think you're cute or like ha 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 but the girl goes you look exactly like her dad and his ego just deflates which I feel like happens with Pete a little bit yeah I also I know that it's a theme in these first seasons that Pete makes bad decisions with women but I didn't really see him sleeping with the temp nope (laughs) Oh, God. Yeah. It's a choice. Yeah. Um, I have some ideas of how to improve the Oceanside Wellness client portals. Ooh. Are you ready? I am. Okay. 
you don't necessarily have to cold call because if you get a cold call from your doctor, you think you're dying. Going to health fairs, I've never even heard of that. I guess it's not a bad idea for a private practice, but I've never heard of that. My ideas are you send a postcard or an email when you're getting ready for an annual visit. That will drum up quite a lot of business, correct? Correct. Patient appreciation things, right? So maybe you get another email on your birthday and you say, oh, come in for a discounted session with Pete, right? Something like that. Seasonal emails, right? Happy Thanksgiving from your friends at Oceanside Wellness. Just letting them know that you're thinking about them, right? You could do a little, not a party, but like a little... just Cocktail just, hour. Yeah, 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 yeah. Get to know your doctors. Get to know your fellow patients in a way that doesn't violate HIPAA. Anyway, people will always need doctors, and if their reputation is good, more patients will come. And that's how you build a business that makes money without compromising your values. Yes, sir. Given the hamburger and the hot dog, people like a cocktail hour, but they like their patient-centered care. They do. They want some steak hot dogs. Correct. (laughs) I know that the defatilator is not a good thing, but... The name made me laugh really hard. The defatilator. I love it. Sam does not do well under pressure. He does well under medical pressure, like with that robbery at the get-go. Not the get-go. What do they call that in real life? Convenience store. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. He does well under medical pressure, but not under any other kind of pressure. I just wanted to to push that. Um, Do you have a lot of miscellaneous notes, or should I just keep going? No. I only had that one. Great. Um, I... I do trust Naomi to be able to turn all of this around, but only after she has asked for help. And she hasn't asked for help, so they're not wrong. Everyone everyone is in a bad place. A couple more examples of why they need an HR department. Why is Violet commenting on the temp's body? Why is Pete touching Violet's tush and complimenting it? I don't understand. They need an HR department stat. I'm also confused why they're in this silver, like, outer space onesie for their defatilator. I'm very confused. The who calls first dilemma is so timeless. It really is. It's really timeless. And I love that they, that they got on that. And I'm proud of Addison for calling Christopher Kevin SWAT guy back and leaving a voicemail to let her know that, to let him know that she's called. But man, oh man, what a voicemail to leave. Addison looks good in every color. I've decided that. That blue sleeveless one, my mom asked to include that she wanted that to be my Sam style of the week because she thought that it was a favorite style, not a 2000 style. Um, And so I explained to her what I was going to use, which, dear listeners, you'll find out in just a minute. Um, But she asked that we include her point of view, which is that she called it the Michelle Obama arms, those like strong, beautiful arms, and she wanted everyone to know that Michelle Obama is her hero. I'm my guess is second to you, the all that Jax. I really don't understand how the boy wins out over the best friend every time, in every situation. It's just not my jam. I just don't like it. Shall we move on to Sam style? Charlotte's side bangs. Specifically in episode one. They are, like, very zigzaggy side bangs. I definitely had them, but they're also very of the era. And then they in are. episode two, they turn to be normal bangs. That's my Sam style. Um, what's your guest star spotlight, Jackson? My guest star spotlight today is Ian Nelson, who played Kirk Jensen in episode two. As an actor, 
Ian is best known for playing Brian in the film Keith and the recurring role of Brady on What Goes On. Some of his other film credits include Heaven's Fall, Bratz the Movie, All I Want for Christmas, and Barefoot. Well, some of his more notable television credits include guest appearances on Seventh Heaven, Ghost Whisperer, NCIS Los Angeles, um, and roles in the TV movies True Confessions of a Hollywood Starlet, Home of the Brave, and Night and Day. Ian is married to actress and singer Skylar Day since 2017, and he also founded Bubba's Chop Shop, which is a post-production studio located in Burbank in 2004, and he serves as the executive producer to this day. What a smart side gig. What a smart side gig. It's been very successful, won many awards. I feel like I've heard of it as well, but I feel like that's just a really smart side gig. I know that... Having a small business is not easy, but that's a very smart side gig. It is, which is why I chose him. Yeah, good, good, good. So our trivia for these episodes are that ABC renewed private practice for a second season in February of 2008, just over two months after the season one finale aired. It's a long time. That's very stressful for the staff. Yeah, I feel like that has a lot to do with the writer's strike. The strike. strike. Yep, I think so too. Also... These are the first episodes of the series in which the titles do not begin with in which leaving behind that Winnie the Pooh theme and not not having one. An that interesting makes, choice. Makes Sam very sad. In which Sam is disappointed about the theme change. <laughs> <laughs> Jackson, what is playing in that jukebox today? Today, Jackson's jukebox says Sam and Addison will attempt to save the practice in several different ways before finally succeeding. The practice isn't going to shut down. We've got five seasons to go. Also, Dell will come back to his job because he's a series regular, and we've got 20 episodes to go this season. Third, I think the Charlotte and Cooper relationship will remain pretty secretive for a while, but I think Charlotte will continue opening up um, and starting to deepen that relationship with him along the way. And that's my jukebox. Okay, okay. I like that. Are you ready to move on to ratings? So my rating is the last day of vacation, right? No matter how nice the weather is, you know it won't be the same later and it's hard to appreciate it. So we have, we have like that Naomi struggle. We have Addison and that voicemail. We have Charlotte coming in. We have Pete doing who knows what with who knows who. It's just all, I feel like a lot of this is just like on the cliff ready to go to the next section. Do you feel that as well? Yeah. My rating is a partly cloudy but warm day on the beat. Okay. Okay. We have moments of that warm sunshine, but like a lot of it is, you know, is challenges leading us forward to something else. It's not what I would call like, the most memorable episode of television I've watched. It's necessary, <laughs> but it's not It's not all sunshine and excitement. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was a lot going on. There was. A lot. Um, who's your MVP? I forgot to do one. That's okay. Do you want me to go first and you'll think of it? Yeah, or go first. You might take mine. Who knows? So mine is Cooper. For handling the Dean Miller situation with love and for telling Violet about Charlotte. It's a couple top episodes, especially for him, but I think he was a champ and handled it all well. You know, I like that, Sam. 
I think that's a good lead MVP for episode. And as I think it's, I'm having a hard time giving an MVP to anyone else, honestly. Yeah. Um, but you know, Pete might get might get a little second place trophy in this episode. He advocated hard for Kirk's plan of treatment with hospice, and then, you know, he went along, tried out the hamburger, and decided <laughs> that that particular hamburger wasn't for him. So he made an effort, and then decided to change course when it wasn't working. Yes, I also do. I do think that that defatilator could be a really good addition to the practice, but I don't see why that couldn't be like a, an appointment with a nurse or an appointment with a tech. Right. It probably could be. Yeah. Um, like, I feel like that's something you have a specialized person. Like, you have Pete who specializes in acupuncture. It doesn't really make sense for him to do that. It would make more sense for Sam to do that, honestly, as like a primary care you know what they should do but they won't they should just bring mark sloan in spend half his time in seattle half his time in la we get more of him i love him thank you for joining us for this week's episode of beach houses and babies a private practice recap podcast please follow us on instagram at bhab podcast and be sure to subscribe on apple podcasts spotify or anchor to be the first to hear future episodes you can find me on Instagram at all.that.jax. And you can follow me at Samantha G. Harris on all social media. Theme music for this episode was composed by Samantha G. Harris. If you'd like to support Beach Houses and Babies, please consider leaving us a rating and review on Apple Podcast and sharing it with a friend. You can also become a patron at patreon.com slash bhab podcast. On our next episode... We'll be discussing Private Practice Season 2, Episodes 3 and 4. They're available to stream on Netflix and Hulu, or can be purchased on iTunes, Amazon, DVD, and more. If you have thoughts you'd like to share with us on these episodes, please DM us on Instagram at bhabpodcast, or email us at bhabpodcast at gmail.com to be featured on our listener mail segment. Thanks for listening. Until next time. TGIT. TGIT. (laughs) Hehehehe. <laughs>